Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome back to Psyche Magic. If you've been listening for a while, by now you know I'm a fall and winter witch by nature. I love this season for its slowness, where my more natural pace is embraced and welcomed. Wilderness photographer Ansel Adams once said he loves winter because you can see the bones. And I almost always think about that this time of year. But I'll let you in on a little secret. Every year by about mid-February, I grow restless and in desperate need of a little change of scenery. This year, my husband and I will be taking off to Los Angeles for a week, our former home of many years, and a place that still holds so many gorgeous memories and lovely friends. My guest today, Garrison Starr, deeply devoted musical artist and singer-songwriter, is essentially the embodiment of L.A. Much like this glorious melting pot of a city, one can't be too weird when Garrison is around, because when she has the room, anything goes. The freedom she effortlessly harnesses in her voice and performance is, in a word, intoxicating. She's truly a warm ray of sunshine, her honeyed voice, a perpetual golden hour, and she has the most fierce dedication to authenticity of anyone I've ever met. In this episode, we both touch on our involvement in Al-Anon, a support group for family members and loved ones of those struggling with addiction, something I haven't spoken to openly yet on the show, but the question I keep returning to, the guiding light of this work is... How can I show up most openly and vulnerably in this moment? So today I'll talk briefly about my experience of the power of group dynamics when they're geared towards truth and healing rather than conformity. Historically, and still, if I'm honest, groups have brought out my shadow side, the teacher's pet, the one who must be faultless, blameless, and disarming but also impressive and well-liked. She's a lot more focused on how everyone is perceiving her than she is on her own experience, growth, and learning. For many years, even though Al-Anon was placed squarely on my radar multiple times, I had a story that said I hadn't suffered enough to belong there. My pain wasn't severe enough, overt enough. And the unconscious implication was that I would be immediately sniffed out as an imposter and rejected by the group. It took my partner gently encouraging me to try a meeting for me to feel seen enough in my struggle to accept that it might actually be appropriate and even helpful for me to show up. 
Even then, I did my classic coping skill, which was to hide. Attending virtual meetings, camera off, just observing and having my own private experience. But what I've found is that these meetings, when they're being run healthily and appropriately, aren't about people wallowing in self-pity. They also aren't about trying to fix anyone, except with any luck, possibly some aspects of yourself. The focus of Al-Anon is about breaking the patterns of codependency that are essential to maintaining the dysfunctional cycles of addiction by coming back to the self over and over again with observation, curiosity, and cultivation of healthy boundaries and emotional regulation skills. Much of this ends up having to do with finding ways to play and enjoy ourselves, free of the guilt and burden of feeling like we need to take care of others or to do their work for them or to try to control them. While I haven't yet brought myself to share in a meeting, I am grateful to have been able to relax into these spaces and show up slowly and at my own pace, keeping myself neutral, cultivating presence, and gradually, acceptance of exactly where I am in my own process as being okay. It's so nice to be anonymous, detached from all my other identities and self-enforced expectations, and to just exist for a while, to allow myself to be humbled. Garrison has a video series on Instagram called Sunday Gratitude Stories, where she shares a piece of her gratitude practice with her followers on a weekly basis. And in it, she recently read this quote, originally found in the AA Big Book. Quote, Acceptance is the answer to all of my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at that moment, unquote. So with that, I'm excited to present this conversation with my gregarious and hilarious guest. Buckle up, y'all. This is a fun one. Oh, and for those of you who don't appreciate indulging in a little salty language, you may want to skip this episode. For the rest of you brave souls, please enjoy my interview with my dear friend, Garrison Starr. All right, Garrison Starr, welcome to Psyche Magic. Oh, dreams coming true, dreams coming true. I've been wanting to be on your podcast. I'm not even joking. Like for a while, I was like, why is she not inviting me to be on her podcast? I love you. I'm so glad you know? to hear that. I was doing the overthinky thing of like, Garrison might not be into this. Like, Garrison might not <sighs> think this is cool. I, yeah. Have you met I mean, me? I love talking about myself. See, that's the thing. I need to <laughs> just get the fuck over it. <laughs> anyway, I love it, maybe dude. that will be the I theme pre- for today. Get the fuck over it. Get the fuck over it, dude. That's Get my the theme for 2023. Get the fuck over it. Move the fuck on with it. You know what I'm okay, saying? I'm here for that. I think I'm going to also too. claim that theme. Bring it. Like, yeah. All right. So Garrison is just oh, such a dear friend. You guys, I've 
fucking love this human. I've probably known you for what, close to like 10 years, Garrison? It's been a minute. It has, yeah. Yep, Garrison yeah. is an incredible singer, songwriter, artist. I've watched Garrison perform so many times and I always walk away just totally moved, like moved to tears. I absolutely adore you. I think you're fantastic. Wow, so. dude. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. Me too. Well, I feel the same about you. I've always loved you. I've always felt connected with you. And anytime we get to spend time together, I'm I'm happy. So. Me too. All day I've been like excited, like just. Oh. I know. I know. <laughs> when I was going through the little intake thing, I was like, ah, oh, intake, whatever. You know what I mean? When I was going through the little sheet, the questionnaire to get our brains going, I was very, I'm very excited about this. Yeah, I love these conversations because I always find myself just in like a different zone than I normally am when we're just hanging out like it like you're able to kind of go a little deeper yeah well and it's also it's what you do like you know you're passionate about helping people and you're passionate about the psyche and you know so it's like it makes sense you're in your zone that's right and it's so fun to get to like share that part of me more with like friends and people that I know and love yeah and not just in like a professional way you know so yeah well, we all benefit from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because I do too. I mean, shit. I'm yeah, learning all kinds of stuff doing this. It helps having to like show up for yourself to show up for other people. Like that's yes. the whole thing. That's what I'm learning is like, you know, learning so much about what it means to love and to forgive and to feel connected with people. And it's like, it seems like such a simple concept that you you would have to have that with yourself first before you could, you know, assist yourself first before you assist you know, I never understood that that whole thing. Put your mask on first. I'm like, put the children. What about the other person? But it's like, you can't help somebody if you're dead. You know, that's the whole point. If you got nothing, you got nothing to give. So it's like, it makes sense, but it's such yeah. a hard thing to do because then you start facing yourself and you're like, oh man, this is emotional. This is sad and scary and hurtful. It's hard. You're like, wait a minute. This is hard, actually. Can I just focus on you? Like... <laughs> presence of mind it's really hard to be mindful you know <sighs> yes it is It's really hard to be mindful yes it is it hurts you know sometimes <laughs> dude it does are we hurt. writing a song right now because i feel like we're writing a song right now <laughs> we must be a little bit and i'm not mad about it like yeah me neither maybe we are mm. yeah it does hurt it's not pretty like it's not cute I was kind of like freeform journaling a little bit earlier about this conversation just kind of like getting my head around it and I was actually writing about that like you and I both I think I, I don't want to speak for you so help me if I'm not like on the mark but like the way I experience you and part of what I relate to is that you're someone who's interested in more of the nitty-gritty like the good the mm. bad the ugly the totality like I'm not just I like to go deep yeah. I'm a thinker. Yeah. Sometimes so to a fault, you know. That's the thing. I feel like part of my sort of spiritual journey is confronting a lot of the fear that was programmed and doing the work of checking in about like, is there actually something to be afraid of here? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still sitting with that question and working with that question because it's like so ingrained. Yeah. I almost feel like that's like a topic for another day, but like it's there. It could be. I mean, we definitely could spend a lot of time on that subject, but you're right about that. I think about that all the time too. It's just like, you know, and not being, I mean, big part of my journey, my spiritual journey is like 
remembering that I'm not a victim. Yes. That though I was treated unfairly and I was taught some stuff that's fucked up, you know, you can't stay mad about that forever. You have to figure out a way, like you're saying, to deconstruct it and, you know, pick it apart and take your lessons and then, you know, send it on its way. That's, I'm working on the sending it Mm -hmm. on its way. If you think of it like a grief process, then that makes sense that there's like these different stages, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. 100%. Uh, see, look, we're already like off and running like this. Is, I, know. I knew I knew There's it. Meat on the bone. I knew it, dude. Meat on the oh, bone. Yeah, so much meat. Um, OK, speaking of <laughs> so speaking of meat, meat, not really it has nothing to do with meat, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> we're going to do our uh, tarot moment. OK, yes. yes. Okay. OK, OK. I also grew up thinking tarot cards were satanic. So did I. Yeah. You know? So, and that they would tell you, like, the day of your death or something. Yeah, so did I. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, you picked the skeleton card. You're you're on your way out today, you know? Good yep. knowing you. It's a testament to how so much of that ideology is about external focuses, having control, external forces, having control mm-hmm. over my mm-hmm. life and my destiny, Right. Yeah. I don't get to be in control. This other shit can just swoop in and like fuck my shit up any Take old time. Take it away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so disempowering. That is the evangel. Are you talking about like the evangelical God that we grew up with that was yeah. always waiting to, to like yeah. slap you back into your place? Yep. Yeah. That wasn't helpful. That was not a helpful storyline. Mm. Okay. We are shuffling. And you know what? I'm actually reshuffling because I'm reshuffling on that kind of sentiment of like, Okay. Just I, like the disempowerment and like, I'm basically just looking for, okay, I want some guidance on like reclaiming power. Yeah. <laughs> We're shuffling with that intention. That's the Grim Reaper card. Dude. Okay. That's the Grim Reaper card. Like that. that's, that would be in the <gasps> past. That would be a scary as fuck card right? is that the cups what does okay, that mean so i'm gonna describe it quickly because <gasps> i feel like for a lot of the listeners they're like what's the five of cups tell us what it looks like so okay ah this card has this very like downtrodden looking figure so like his back is to us he's got this long black cloak his head is down um there's one, two, three, four, five cups around him, three of which are spilled on the ground. And there's this like red and like green liquid spilling out of them. And then two other cups are on the other side and they're upright. And he's standing by like a bridge. There's like a uh, like a river and there's a rolling hill and there's some kind of like castle in the distance. But yeah, I mean, Garrison hit the nail on the head. Like this is a very scary looking card like it looks really sad it looks yeah like it looks like not good not good you know future not so good and you're right if you were to choose this card with the intention of you know tell me something about my future or who i am then yeah that would be scary but if you pull this card and you're like help me understand something yeah that might be a different story right yeah it's definitely a more, a safer way, a, like a gentler way to think totally. about it. And you're just curious totally. and not scared. I'm curious <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not just jumping to conclusions and assumptions, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So just tell me, I mean, obviously off the cuff, it's like, whoa, Grim Reaper, right? But talk to me a little more about just yeah. what happens. Like when you look at this card, like, what do you notice? What do you sort of like 
You mean like with more of this open, curious mind? Yep. Just talk to me about like what happens for you. Well, there's obviously there's something's in distress because you've got the spilled cups. Yep. You know, but then there's two cups that aren't spilled. So like maybe you're just out of sorts. Some, something's off yep. balance. That's the way I see it. And then there's the river, mm-hmm. which seems hopeful. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little river. And is that a moon coming up or a sun back there or something? I or know. Or is that just a hill? Yeah, maybe. But whatever. It kind of looks. But I mean, the person, is that shame? Is the person feeling ashamed? Maybe. Like they don't want to look at the spilled cups? Mm. Are they upset? Like they, it's hard to see that? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what's coming up for me. What, what I wonder, what's the significance of five? Because it's an uneven number, so it's off yeah, balance. There's exactly. three spilled and two not spilled, so it's you're out of balance. Maybe that's what it is. <sighs> Dude, the dots are connecting now because, like, when I recall what I've learned about tarot, the whole point of tarot is that it's a journey that never ends, like, you never arrive at like the end of the journey and now I've done it and I've like figured it all out. Well, that's life and that's spirituality. Dude. That is li- what life is. For real. When you really, For when real. you realize what spirituality is, it's like that's breaking away from evangelicalism and realizing like there's no answer. What a depressing cul de sac that is. It's just like, okay, now you've arrived at this country club place where you're on the top of the mountain and everyone else is less than. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Sounds great. Yeah. Sounds like a place I want to be. Yeah. Well, and so the interesting thing about fives is that within each suit of tarot, so there's like wands, swords, pentacles, cups. Within each suit, there are 10 cards. And so the five is always like, I'm in the middle of like one leg of my journey, right? Ooh. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, we do have these moments in life of like culmination, right? And then I start another process. But like fives are like, man, I'm just like smack in the middle of it. In the middle of it. Yeah. I've maybe figured a couple things out, but maybe not. That's how I feel. I've I've been feeling smack dab in the middle of a, you know, it's like always uh, think about when you're flying and you get into turbulence. It's like, you know, realizing that you can't get out of it. You can't just land the yeah. plane. You got to keep going through it. You got to just know that the only way out is to keep moving forward. And that's what we're going to do. And, you know, nothing likely bad is going to happen. But even if it does, there's really nothing you can do. about it. I'm just here. Yeah, exactly. I'm here. Yep. Getting through it. You said imbalance. And I completely agree that this card speaks to like the experience of being in the middle of feeling a little bit like out of balance or like out of sorts because I'm like the way that he's facing in the card is that he's like sort of facing in the direction of the cups that have spilled right like that's kind of where his like gaze is going but then there are these other Mm -hmm. cups behind him that are fine but that's just not where his attention is right now yeah he's focused on the stuff Mm -hmm. that's not going right And I will say also that cups, the suit of cups in tarot is often pointing to what's going on in our emotional world, like more than anything else. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so that makes sense. It's about the way that I'm experiencing what's happening emotionally. And so I've also heard a lot of people talk about the five of cups as like a card that's about the grief process and the ways that we go through it. So... Yeah. (laughs) 
I can totally relate. I mean, that's that's the nail in the head for where I am right now in my process. I have a question about the tarot. Like, so is it largely left up to interpretation? Is there like an explanation that you will read about this card that we chose? Or is it like... You kind of just know the basic stuff and then you put your own yes. spin on okay. it. Okay, so you can do it two different ways. One way would be more of a prescriptive, this is what each card means, right? And so if you were to Google right. this card, there would be people on the internet saying, like, this is exactly what it means, right? right. Given my journey, given my deconstruction, I like to look at things with a lot more space for interpretation. Yeah. And like, what is this right. card speaking to right now? Like, that may be really different from another experience that I might have like yeah so I like to have a little bit of history and background in terms of kind of the classic like associations like the suits and stuff like that the numerology Mm -hmm. but then I like to just let it be free like what is this doing for me right now so that's how I do it I love that I love that hey have you ever heard of those Marianne Williamson miracle cards no miracle cards they're pretty cool an ex-girlfriend kind of turned me on to that and she was into tarot too But um, she turned me on to the Marianne Williamson miracle cards, and sometimes I'll pull them out and just pull one up. And it has, like, it might be, like, courage, and then Love it'll have it. a little explanation. But but I'm real, I mean, you know, like I, I like to have my have my morning readings. I'll read from Courage to Change and Al-Anon yes, usually, and then I'll read, too. like, this. Really? Yeah, dude, Al-Anon. We could have a whole sidebar about Holy, that, dude. Yeah. I just started Al-Anon last really? year. Yeah, I went for a long time, and then I went to a couple meetings that were not very healthy, mm. and then I was just like, ugh, I don't need this. And now... Recently, something's come up for me with a friend of mine who's really struggling with alcoholism yep. and like the codependency is like coming yep. up. So I've been back into it. But there's another book that I read by Melanie Beatty and it's uh, The Language of Letting Go. Oh, yes. But anyway, when I read those things, it's just funny. It's like if you're really I find that if I and maybe this is just like maybe it's just like a horoscope where it's just like somehow it always has to do with you and where you're going through. But I feel like when I, I like to go into it, you know, believing that it's going to be something that's going to speak to me. Like, I really believe that when I open it, it's going to be there for me. You know, I do the exact same thing. And also been thinking about that. Somebody said to me recently too, about having a relationship with God. And I'm like, what does that mean? I've been thinking a lot about what does that mean to have a relationship with the spiritual power, you know, to have a relationship with your higher power. Like, what does that mean? You know? And I wonder if part of that relationship is believing that you show up and there's a message for you from from that collaborative force the universe god whatever you want to call it that's like hey good morning just think about this today you know i know you wanted to stay on your path here's a way to do that i don't know it's mysterious you know yeah and i so much of what you're saying resonates with me and the way that i have slowly found my way back into a spirituality that feels very life-giving and affirming yeah. And it has so much to do. And loving. Yes, loving. But it has so much to do with that. Like I am showing up from this place of trust and openness and believing that there's something out there that's got my back and I can tap into that thing if I want to. I don't have to at all. I can just I can have totally free will and just go through my life not doing that if I don't want to. But if I want to, it's there. Yeah. Yeah. So I do the same thing. I treat tarot the exact same way as that. Like, I'm like, I trust there will be something for me here. And then I just pull a card and I don't overthink it, which is the story of my life. I just let it be. Mm -hmm. Preach. Cool. Okay. Five of cups. 
So we will kind of like keep this in mind throughout the conversation and just see if there's, you know, little nuggets of wisdom. Little messages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm so excited. I like it. Okay. Now, transitioning a little bit, let's get into your dream world, Garrison. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Okay. I know. Shifting gears. Okay. But we're still, I love it. We're still working with images. We're still working with associations, the subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. I want to just let you kind of kick it off wherever you feel pulled, but you shared a couple of different recurring dream themes and images that feel just kind of, like you said, meat on the bone, like kind of potent. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought of a couple other ones too. So start wherever you want and we'll just kind of let it roll. So one of the recurring dreams I have that's really vivid for me, it's funny because it's my friend Lizzie Gerber's childhood home. The house looks nothing like her real house looked. But it's supposed to be that. Yeah. But it's always... Her house. In my mind, it's the Gerber's house. And I don't, I mean, the only thing that I know about that is like when I, what, you know, when I was first moved here and was playing at the Mint and like that was the place that was, I lived like a mile away from there and that was like my home. I mean, I was there every single night. I had crushes on like four of the bartenders, you know, was really good friends with the Gerber's because Emily was also a musician. And one night, you know, we all got super drunk and I spent the night at Emily's parents house and I woke up in the house and was like oh my god where am I and then I realized it was the Gerbers so anyway in the dream it's their house then underneath the house is a like a replica of the house Mm. but that house is a haunted house so wild isn't that interesting so if I end up going into it sometimes I'll end up taking a a path and I'll and I'll be like oh shit I'm in the haunted part I'm in the haunted part you know and so I'll be there and it's scary as shit Mm -hmm. it's so scary to be in there and then recently the development in this dream, like nothing ever happens in the haunted house, except for I'm just like really curious. I'm scared. And I'm curious. I'm scared. It's kind of exciting. And it's also like, oh my God, where am I? What's happening? But recently I had that dream. I felt the presence of something there, mm-hmm. then, but then nobody was there. But then it t- reached out and grabbed my arm and I screamed and woke up. Right. Yeah. So then the other couple of dreams that I'll have, besides a couple of my ex-girlfriends showing up in my dreams yeah. or, you know. just hanging around the other dream is like where i get lost in a giant hotel okay like and there's an elevator that like swings out and flies around it makes no sense and then sometimes there's like people packed in and it's only big enough like it's not tall enough Mm. it's not wide enough but but it it doesn't do what a normal elevator does Mm. it either like drops straight down or flies around Mm. it's like and then i and then i'll be in this huge like hotel complex and i can't find the room Yes. Okay, we're going to go back to the haunted house dream because that there's a lot there. But I want to ask about this circular hotel complex because wait, no, I said circular is yours circular because I have that dream in mine is it's a circle. I've had one where it's well, I don't know if it's particularly circular. It's just I definitely can't remember like it's either I can't remember my room number and I'm like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to ever know where I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be like and then uh It'll just be a, it'll be a maze yes. where I just somehow it looks familiar, mm-hmm. but it's not quite right. And I can't find my way back. Yep. Like, I just can't get back. I have a dream like that, too. And it always feels like it's yeah. the same, like, hotel slash mall, like, 
and it's like a complex the way I always describe it is it's a complex and that it's It's so hard to find my way around and there's always an elevator and the elevator's like going to the wrong floor or the wrong place yeah yeah I have that dream too yeah it's so crazy isn't that interesting I've talked to a lot of people that have that same similar dream interesting I know that's interesting. I okay, love that. so circular hotel complex elevator is like going crazy. So my yeah. like working theory about this dream is that I would say the best way I can put it now is that kind of it's the illusions that we are kind of like under all the time. So like I feel like this hotel mall, it represents that like kind of illusion like state. And so basically, I've started to understand that like, wow, maybe this represents like the kind of in between place of like, I'm not home, I'm not comfortable, like I'm having this experience that's asking something of me, but it's very hard and very complicated. And it's not something Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be able to figure out quickly like it's something that Mm. I am always going to be kind of like befuddled by yeah like there's no answer or something yeah I've started to accept that those dreams aren't necessarily going to like resolve they just speak to like part of our condition of like this is kind of how it feels like always right like where the fuck am I going interesting (laughs) yeah and I don't have all the answers, mm-hmm. you know, well, like, as much as I'm trying to have the answers, like there is no answer. You're right. For certain things in certain circumstances. And at least I always feel like I have to qualify this with like, this is the way I'm thinking about this right now, because who knows how I'll be thinking about it in six months. But like right now, I think of that illusion state as kind of the state of being human and the state of being like disconnected from like our true selves, like our sort of interconnection like our consciousness like the the force if you will like right yeah the flow yeah the flow so being human I have this illusion of being disconnected and I'm alone and it's so hard but it's like actually maybe the flow is like really our home you know so maybe part of being human is always kind of feeling like a little lost I love that. You know, and it's so easy. That reminds me, as humans, you know, at least it's easy for me to sit around and think that nobody else has these dreams or nobody else thinks what I'm thinking. And the reality is, it's like, that just doesn't make any sense. If you're feeling it and thinking it, you know, there's so many other people who are also feeling it and thinking it and dreaming about it, you know? And so I think that's good to remember, too, because... You know, especially for those of us who have anxiety, you know, so much anxiety and feel so emotionally alone. You know, one of the things from my past is that I realized that I've been taking care of myself emotionally, trying to figure that out, at least since I was little. I never felt safe with anybody that I was close to for various reasons, you know. So that's a real thing, you know. Yeah. Not having had that, like, nurture that real, you know, that emotional nurturing. Exactly. Like, because it's like, what are you feeling? What are you thinking? I'm thing. really, yeah. Like, I'm really interested to know you. I want to <sighs> know. Why did you say that? That's so neat. Why did you think that? Instead of like, what do you mean? You don't really think that, do mm-hmm. you? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, guess not. I guess I don't. You know, like, never mind. Guess not. <laughs> never mind then. I'm not going to share that anymore. Or ever. Yeah. Or ever. On that note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
I am delighted to announce that Psyche Magic is now on Patreon. This podcast is a labor of love and an independent operation. If you're like me, supporting independent arts is deeply meaningful and a source of pride. If you decide to become a patron of this podcast, know that you'll be helping to keep the lights on, allowing me to pay my team a fair wage, which as of now consists of myself and my amazing editor, Ms. Suzu Inaga, and offsetting the financial and energetic costs of making the show. If you've been to my website, you also know that a portion of any proceeds from this podcast will go towards community-based organizations that support LGBTQ youth, such as the Oasis Center here in Nashville. By joining us on Patreon, you'll gain access to our bi-weekly bonus mini-sodes with meditations and exercises to enhance your dream work practices. This season, bonus minisodes will also feature custom healing frequency music by Misuzu Inaga herself to soothe your mind, body, and soul as you listen. You'll also receive detailed show notes for each full episode, as well as shout outs by name during the show. Bonus content for season one will remain free to all. If you aren't able to join the Patreon, there are still plenty of ways to support the show. You can share your favorite episodes with friends and loved ones, subscribe to us so you never miss an episode, and give us a five-star rating wherever you listen. You can also subscribe to our newsletter via our website so that you'll be the first to hear about new episodes, relevant articles and content, as well as fun interactive events I am planning for this season and beyond. Speaking of interactive events, I am trying something new this season. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you'll automatically be entered to win a free virtual 20-minute shadow work tarot session with yours truly. Together, we will pull cards and discuss their symbolic meaning, much like we do here on the show. Winners will be announced at the beginning of each month on our story highlights on Instagram, so be sure to keep an eye out. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to continue to watch our little community blossom. This ties into also what I appreciate so much about your work is that you are always kind of pushing that envelope of like, what am I learning about myself? What am I exploring? And I'm doing the service of sharing those things, however sort of raw and difficult, because there's somebody else out there who probably really needs to hear it, actually. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's like emotional nurturance of the self that then like helps the other, like we were talking Mm. about earlier. Like... Well, that, you know, I appreciate that feedback because like, cause I do feel like I'm getting to a place where that's a recurring theme that comes back. That's, re- that's like feedback that comes back to me a lot after shows yeah. of like, which keeps me talking about my experience because I do have people that say, thank you. I, I feel that way too. And totally. thanks for talking about it. It's like, okay, cool. I never used to talk about my story at all. Like I never used to talk about growing up 
in the church and some of those experiences that happened, like I never used to talk about this stuff because I just thought, well, I shouldn't talk about that. Nobody wants to hear about that. You know, like I, I need to find a way to be happy. And it's like, okay, well, but I never could. That's just, I guess my way is just like working it out in real time. Exactly. I guess, you know? Yes. And I used to have shame about that, but I don't anymore. Yeah. Yes. It, like so often when I'm like actually working as a therapist, I'll end up having these conversations where it's like, oh, the thing I thought was like a problem or like wrong with me ends up being one of my like actual sort of like superpowers of like, yeah. wow, you have found this place where you are brave enough to be able to like have that dialogue in public which is, I mean, yeah, like that is hard. That is scary. Mm. I, you know, I, in a small way, I feel like that's part of what I'm trying to do with this is like using my actual physical voice and like sharing opinions and like thoughts yeah. publicly. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's. Well, you have stuff, you have something to say, you know, I think when you have a message, to share, you have to find a way to share the message, you know, yeah. you have to. Mm -hmm. When I started this podcast, like if I was about to record an episode, I would like be just like self-conscious, just like, yeah. ha like uh, on the verge of like panic attack. Like I get that. It seems yeah. it's, it seems a lot easier. I mean, I feel that way sometimes about the Sunday gratitude stories. Like I'll get self-conscious about it. And then I have to remind myself of like, no, uh-uh. It's in the moment. It is what it is. You know, I watch mm. it back. And if and if I feel like I'm not embarrassed by it or I didn't say anything offensive or like it seems OK, I'm like, great, let's go with it, dude. But then I look at like I follow like people like Mel Robbins. Do you follow Mel Robbins? No. Oh, dude, I follow her on Instagram. She's great. I love her. But she's I'll just write seems it down. so like I mean, she has her brand totally down. But it's like when she's talking, she has so much confidence about what she's saying. And I think there's a part of me with social media you know, that doesn't really, I don't want to deal with people's like backlash, you know, I don't want to get in fights sure. with people. I don't want to see people's comments like I, that shit like bugs the shit out of me. Like, sure. I realize you should be held accountable for things you say, but it's like, you know, once you say what you think, then somebody has to fucking say what they think that everybody and their mother has to say what they think. And I, I mean, that part of it, I don't like, I don't like scrolling through the comments all of a yeah. sudden, I'm being codependent, and I right. am qualifying everything that I say right. because I'm worried that someone's not going to like it. Well, and to be fair, this day and age, there is a dance that is being done around almost yes. everything anyone says because somebody's going to pop up and say it hurt their fucking feelings. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, you got to take care of that yourself. If your feelings get hurt, you yeah. can self-soothe. You don't have to put that on other people. But anyway, exactly. that's the whole social media struggle, too. Like, It's another big imbalance that's happening of like what is the goal here <laughs> right what is the goal indeed you know indeed I was just gonna say that's part of the just again like repeating myself but that's just part of the process like to your point of you know we're in a new world and this is a new thing we're all experiencing and everyone's yeah. trying to figure it out everybody's trying to that's make right. their way through it you know that's right I Daniel and I my husband Daniel who Garrison is dear friends with um <sighs> we have that conversation a lot Higgles we love you um Higgles. we have that conversation a lot of like can we just like be a little bit kinder to each other like even if there's something that is you know rubbing me the wrong way or like I like can I approach it with a little bit more compassion like yeah and empathy yeah yeah 
Or curiosity, just curiosity. <sighs> even just curiosity, which is a little just, even more like neutral. Yeah. I know. Everything's very touchy, it feels like, mm-hmm. you know? I know. Yeah. And then it sucks because then we can't really like grow and be messy and like make mistakes and learn like we're being too careful. But, you know, there's plenty of spaces where we can do that, where we do receive grace to do that, you know, and I think that's, you know, going where the love is. Yep. Is a big lesson that I've learned, you know. Absolutely. Okay, something that you said zoomed me back to your ghost dream essentially there's this question mark with the ghost dream of like is this actually something to be afraid of right so like when we were talking earlier about just the automatic anxiety of like putting yourself out there and like sharing your story and then having to sit with that same question of like what is the specter of fear that my anxiety is like presenting to me and is it real right right Is there really something to fear here? So when I look at your ghost dream and I look at the way that it even ramped up a little bit recently, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, I feel like it might be that kind of question for you of like, is, is there actually something to be afraid of here? And how do I know? And how do I begin to like feel that out? What that brought up for me was, which makes total sense, like in a broader sense, like in my own struggle, you know, And this is funny because a friend of mine said this to me the other day, and she's a fellow Taurus. She was like, Garrison, Tauruses, she was like, we just, we fight with ourselves mostly. And we're questioning like, yeah, and that really hit me because I'm like, you know, my my big thing is like, how do I get out of my own way? So when you were talking about that, you know, is the ghost something to actually be afraid of? It's like... I don't know how I feel because it's intriguing in one sense. Was it touching me to let me know that it's not really a ghost or was it confirming that the house is haunted? I mean, I know. I don't know. It brings up more questions for me. Yes, absolutely. But as that tarot card that was pulled, it also, mm-hmm. I mean, it resonates because I am mm-hmm. in a place of questioning and I am in a place of like literally taking my power for the first time ever. I realized like I never really had the power. I never had the narrative. Like, I lost control of my own narrative. I was outed and then told to get the fuck out or repent. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I didn't even get to tell anybody. Somebody asked me one time. I've been asked multiple times, which I fucking hate this question. But like, but I understand it. You know, when did you come out? It's like, okay, Okay. well, never because I never fucking came out because I was outed. You know, so it's like, so I never had the power. Yeah. You know, never. Not really. I never, because I've only now begun to understand what work needs to happen in order for me to be powerful. Yeah. You know, and truly courageous, you yes. know, and it is to be able to believe in me, to yes. really believe in myself. Yep. You know, I've always looked for outside validation because I thought that I needed somebody else's approval in order to move forward. Again, external sources of power, right? Dude, my mom does this constantly. What do you think? What are you going to eat? What are you going to have? And bless her heart. I mean, it, I never noticed it until like Renee pointed it out. She was like, that's so funny. Like your mom can't even order without asking what everyone else is ordering. And I was like, oh, she's just curious. But now I realize, no, she doesn't know what to get. Yeah. And I've noticed in myself, like, you know, there's been plenty of times where in a business setting, you know, like my previous manager, I would say, 
you know, I would think one thing and then say, well, what do you think about this? And he would give a different answer. And I'd be like, okay, well, I guess it's not then. Yeah, I, guess I guess I won't never do that mind. then. Yeah. It's like, what, wait a second. Like, what, you know, and, 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 you know, that's not anybody's fault. It's just an observation of me realizing, like, how little confidence yeah. I had in my ability to take control of my life and make my own decisions. Absolutely. Because what's that going to mean? If I'm out yeah. there on my own, you know, with, oh. but it's like, but, you know, it, I mean, it's just like walking. Like we don't, you know, we're not questioning whether we take a step, we're going to fall into an abyss. I mean, the ground's <sighs> going to be there. We I do know. it every day. We do it every fucking day, you know. But it is not having a roadmap, right? Like not having an external authority. Right. You're making the map. Yes, it is all up to me. And fuck Oh, no. So if I fuck it up, then it's really bad. Yeah. What if? What if? What if? What if? Well, and it's like <laughs> when I think about the free fall of like leaving, you know, a very structured religion and just being like, I don't know. Yeah. It does feel like being in an elevator that's like out of control. It's like, Dude. Yeah. <laughs> what's happening? It, re- it really does. Like, you know, can I do this? Is this right? Am I OK? Am I OK? Is a yeah. big one. You know, am I okay? Is this okay? Is this wrong? Is this right? Should Mm -hmm. I be doing this? You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know. And like, according to who? Like, yeah. Well, and then, okay. So also the question that we started with when we pulled the five of cups was like, what do we need to know about sort of reclaiming power? So if I am claiming my own power, then there is inevitably going to be this sort of, you know, grief process around the ways that my my power was stripped from me taken from me and the resulting sort of ghosts of that feeling right yeah and also the struggle of the forces that don't want you to succeed yeah the insecure forces that like having you there with them to be a victim and to be in the problem and to to be stuck you know to not move forward to not have to feel the fear to not have to feel the pain and the yes. loss, you know, and the and the questioning, you know. This is what you said. You like wrote something beautiful. I mean, you're such a songwriter. You just like, you know, fart out these like gorgeous <laughs> lines out of nowhere. Oh what did you God. say on this I form? I can't imagine I farted out anything. You did. Like, it was gorgeous. Profound. No, the, I'm going to read Google it. Google questionnaire. How down. <laughs> I'm going to read it for everybody because it was so cute. Oh, here it is. Oh, okay. Because uh, you were talking about the ghost dream and you were like, yeah, yeah just that, that struggle between the old ghosts that want me to stay stuck and the new angels that are leading me to a new place. Hmm. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Give me that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, because I do. I feel like, you know, it's like there's so many times when we're being, I mean, when we are being given the things we want, but we're just not looking at it. You know, we're looking for something else that, we're, we're, we think it's got to come in this specific package that yeah. we don't even recognize the thing that's being given to us that we actually really want, yes. you know? Yes, I'm too hung up on some kind of expectation that I got from who even knows where, right? Who even knows? I've experienced yeah. that so many times in Me the music too. business. Like, you know, that's part of the grief that, you know, I've been going through is just looking back at my career and like seeing how many like, disempowered and quite honestly like just fucking foolish choices I made just stupid shit that I did but 
you know, but then I look at that and I go, well, I mean, how could I have done it any differently? I literally didn't have, you know, those tools in my toolbox. I didn't. Yeah. And I didn't have, you know, I just wasn't in a healthy place. There's no way I could have made any there was no choices. way there was mm -mm. no way. But, you know, I have grief. I mean, I have like shame about being older and like feeling like I've, I missed out or I, you know, I'm too late or I failed or like, you know, for the longest time, like in my entire 30s. And this is this is like part of what makes me want to slap myself across the face mm. in my entire 30s. I really was walking through the world thinking that everybody in the music industry was looking at me and feeling sorry for me because, oh, look at her. She had okay. so much potential. She had that hit song. She had those major label record deals. How could she find herself in this place, you know? Okay. You know, in this lonely place with yeah. nobody to help her, no one to care. Yeah. You know, it's like I sat in that dirty diaper for a long time believing oh in that story. Oh, my God. You know, and, and having like, I mean, I had a, Again, I had a previous manager I worked with very briefly who literally was like, I mean, I was like barely 31 years old. And this dude was like, yeah, I was talking to this attorney friend of mine in L.A. And he asked me, can she still sing? And I was like, yeah, man, she still got it. And I was just like, I mean, you would think like if, if I if this conversation was happening with me right now, if I was that same person, like if I was this person at that yes. age, I would have been like, man, y'all can all go suck your own dicks and go fuck yourself. Like, I don't give a shit. I do not talking. have time for this. This is so uninspiring. This isn't even about art. It's not even about music. It's not mm -mm. even about me. Mm -mm. But it's like, can she still sing? I'm 31, not 97. Mm -mm. Good gosh. But anyway, that stuff mm -mm. is triggering. Like that, that kind of, I can think of millions of conversations and things that have been said to me by men, mostly, yeah, you know, in my career that, it, that really hurt my feelings and made me doubt myself. And I fucking hate yeah. that. I know. I hate that I allowed that to happen. I know. But I felt so bad about myself for so long and the, rightly so. Yes. But, you know, but the ways that those messages are so internalized. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Like it just went, you know, like that's I mean, I remember on my second album I had um, I mean, I was in my early 20s. Like my career had barely started. Yeah. And this guy wrote a review of it was my third record. It was for Airstreams and Satellites. Yep. And he was like uh, Garrison Starr, whose career peaked with my second wow. record songs from takeoff to landing mm -hmm. it was like i mean and you know it's funny i never used to read reviews i never ever would read them and then i chose to read this one and this mm. is why i never read them because who cares what this person thinks about my exactly. record you know who gives a shit about that but i but i will never forget that and that was 20 years ago and i'm still remembering that i know my career peaked at 23 yeah, right or whatever you know yeah According to wow. whoever the fuck this person is. Exactly. But like, God forbid that a woman be able to do anything interesting after she's like young and like hot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, no, 100%. Of, course, of course not. Yeah. Just the ways that that type of thinking, I mean, patriarchy is all over the church, too. Like, obviously, no doubt. But like no the ways doubt. that that. It, again, it's like, dude, and this brings me, oh, sorry, I'm bouncing. Don't. I mean, I'm bouncing. So that brings me to this like very specific type of pain that is expressed in one of your songs that is literally my favorite song of yours. I cannot Which, get over it. It's called The Devil in Me for the listeners. Yeah. The Devil in Me, dude. I actually listened to it earlier today to just like get ready for the show. And I had to go and redo my makeup because I was ugly crying 
Like Aww. they've heard you perform it a million times. And literally every time I listen to it, I like something comes over me and I just like sob. And then I feel so much better afterward. Like I like needed that. You know what I mean? Like, but it's that pain of like losing my youth, my life to these uh, damaging external messages that uh, were never really for me anyway but I Aww. I was exposed to them yeah. I took them on and it took something from me and that's fucking painful yeah yeah exactly yeah for sure yes I've been really humbled by how much that song is connected with all kinds of people you know it's like in a way because I know what I wrote it about it seems specific to me but it's not at all like so many women especially have come up, not just women, but mostly women have come up and, and said that they love that song, Obviously, that it's deeply but emotional for them. And, and, you know, I mean, the loss of mm -hmm. looking in the mirror and realizing yeah. like that you are yeah. not young anymore, like not like that. I mean, I'm still young and I can still do the things I want to do, obviously, but like, but you're not young like that. You'll never be young like that again. Not like that. And that to me is something I think I had an idea I don't know if I had the idea or now I have the idea now that it's impossible sure. to have, but it's just like, you know, I had this fantasy. I realized like for me being young and having success was something that I, I must have thought I, I really wanted. I must have thought that I wanted that right. because it's really hard for me to let go of that. Mm -hmm. Whatever the success mm -hmm. is, is not going to look I like know. it's never going to look like that. <laughs> it's never going to look like me being in my you know, late twenties, early thirties, having the kind of success that, that I want to have, you know, and that's hard. You know, that is hard. Of course. Yeah. And then also thinking about like, for me, this trips me out, but I try to think about what like younger version of me, like could have done if she were a little bit more kind of free and if she like had more power. Right. And, it, but it gets so trippy because it's like, okay, but yeah. she had to earn that power too, though. Like in our society, that's just the way it works, especially it's for true. women. It's like, it's like hard one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, it is hard one. I've used that phrase or used that like saying so many times. I, I, I mean, I feel that I really do. And yeah, you know, she didn't like little, little Garrison and little Jordan just didn't know their worth. That is actually so no Garrison. Until that's exactly now. what happens when I listen to that song. That's my inner child, like coming out and like having a cathartic, like cry, yeah. like it happens every time. And I'm realizing right now that like, oh, that's her powerful yeah. dude. I also really wanted to make sure that we had just a little bit of a dialogue, mostly because I, I just want to know. I really love your work as an artist, and I want to hear more about kind of like the way that you work, like your kind of process. And I'm curious if there are other things you do besides just songwriting that you feel like feed yeah. your creativity. So I would oh, love it sure. if you could just talk to us a little bit about like how you're creative and how you kind of like maintain that. Like, what does that look like? Oh, dude. Well, so, well, first of all, I love collaborating, you know, which okay. is something I never yes. used to do when I was younger. I never really, I mean, I didn't co-write that much. I mostly co-wrote with like Nielsen, my, my best yeah. friend for my whole life. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I would do that with him, but then I was mainly just like writing my own stuff. And then, and then 
I kind of like I started collaborating with other people and now it's it's hard for me to get in a room by myself and just say stuff by myself. Like I don't do that. I have to push myself to do that now Yep. because I love working with other people so much. And obviously, you know, celebrating other people's gifts and talents is like, I mean, it's beautiful to be a part of, but also I've learned so much by yeah. working with other people. Like I've expanded and grown and have become a better writer and a better artist, I feel, because of of those collaborations and just being with other talented people, you know, yes. who are at the top of their game. So one thing that, so in terms of being creative, I realize it's good for me to have a couple of sessions a week, you know, try to yeah. be collaborating with people a couple of times yep. a week, you know, trying to stay in my studio and, and, yep. and practice producing stuff, you know, like to have that skill set is really good practicing mixing and just making myself kind of go to work for a few hours every day. Like that's my new thing in 2023 is just, you know, getting up every day and going to work, you know, at least almost every day. Exactly. But the other thing, and, and I guess like, as far as my process goes, I don't know when I'm working with other people, I just, I kind of like to kind of feel out, you know, you kind of get a sense of, of what your role is and that try to just, elevate the song as much as possible that's what the whole yep make sure the muse can get through your ego or their ego is not blocking the nice because when I you know earlier on when I hadn't had much experience I was nervous about letting other people take too much runway if I didn't you know because it's like well I don't know if this is good or not sure. I don't know if I like this or not but again as I've gotten to know myself more sure and as I've become more comfortable with myself and more confident in myself and also just practicing being in those scenarios, you just, it becomes better. You just get better at it, but I like to stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said earlier, like get, there's something about being able to regularly and um, intentionally like get out of the way and just let what needs to come through, come through, but it's, practice well and not you know if if you're sitting in silence for a while like that's okay that's okay like one thing you know you know my friend adrian gonzalez you know adrian you know one of the things about her i mean i've learned so much about her just because of her big business acumen but like you know she'll sit there and chase something down for hours i mean if it takes hours like she doesn't give it she's not feeling self-conscious about that whatsoever if it doesn't if it's not quite right for her, like she has no problem taking the time to, to to let that come through and to search for it and dig for it and work for it. And that's wonderful, too, you know, just to be be great. available and aware, you know, of the process itself. And, you know, me, I mean, I tend to be my writing tends to be pretty personal. So it's like I have to attach myself to it in order to show up for it mostly because that's just I have a harder time just being a character which is something I'd like to experiment with because yeah. I feel like so many songwriters have such a great gift yes. of just being a character and telling a story that they're not necessarily attached yes. to. That's harder for me. You know, I need to feel emotionally connected to it somehow, even if, it, you know, even if I'm going to co-write, I have to put myself in the situation mostly to, to be able to really show up. To really connect. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, that's just me. I, I feel like I've tried to do that differently and it, and it's... Again, I think it's fun to work on different aspects, uh, whatever you're bringing to the, you know, whatever you're bringing, like trying something different that someone else is bringing. But I also have learned that, you know, I tried to Mm -hmm. run away from my gifts for so long because I thought that nobody wanted them. 
And then I really like, for instance, I was like, oh, I don't want to play acoustic guitar anymore. Mm. Cause like that's old now. And it's like, I realized the main thing that people love about what I do is to strap on my acoustic guitar and play just me. Yeah. And that's something I can do that not everybody can do, you know? And so, so I'm learning to lean into the things that I do really well exactly. in songwriting and also in production, not to try to go out here and create something that Adrian would create. I need to create something that I would create because that's where it's going to be the most authentic and it's going to be more in the flow. And, and, and I say it'll be easier just because what if you lean into what you do, it's easier mm. to do that thing. It's natural. Yeah, that's a better word. It's natural. But, you know, the other thing I was going to say, I started playing golf. Like, pretty intensely. Yes, I'm yes. a huge golf enthusiast, which is funny because, like, on paper, it's literally the douchiest, most white maniest sport. Like, I mean, it's a horrible. <laughs> PC-wise, it's a terrible. Depending it's on. terrible. Yeah. But, like, it is. <laughs> but I love it so much. I mean, I love to play. And it teaches me, you know, it teaches me so much about, yes. about me. You know, it's such a spiritual game. It's such a. Because it's a solitary game, really. I mean, you're not playing against anybody else. You're playing against mm-hmm. you, and you're playing against the golf course. But you're really playing against your mind. You know, really, how much can you focus? How intentional can you be? How, how you know, how paced and how, like, just measured can you be? Just ca- how can you stay focused for 18 holes? I mean, yes. somebody said golf wasn't a real sport one time, and I ripped this dude a new asshole. I'm like, really? <laughs> You, have like, you ever tried to no. swing a golf club? Have you ever How tried to swing you? a golf club and make par, motherfucker? Didn't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a mental game, man. It's a mental game. I love it. It really teaches me to be present. Because if I get all, if I throw a tantrum and get an attitude, I'm not going to play well. And I've, and you know what else I love? The shot that I just made, whether it was a great shot or a terrible shot, it already happened. That's in the past now. We can't focus on that. Yeah, it's done. Unless we're going to be able to do that every time, we're moving to the next shot. It's all, it's all about forward movement, mental forward movement. Yes. Nope, that doesn't matter. Literally, that That's shot right. doesn't matter. Even if I made a hole in one, we got to go to the next hole. Am I going to make a hole in one on the next hole? Probably not, you know? So it's like, so yeah, so I love golf. I get really excited about it. That's, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I've heard a lot of artists talk about like, it's sort of like creative, like cross training, yeah. right? Where I have this thing that I do that I show up for every day. And then I also need something that's diff- like just totally different. Well, something to practice. Yes. Yes. And to be just doing again, like I'm having this process, I'm learning, I'm growing in this other way. But for you, it's like you've got these two different aspects of in your music there's all this beauty and like collaboration and like joining with the other and then in golf it's like that part of me that always battles myself I get to sit with that yeah part and just like be in this process on my own and then that has its own power so that's really like that's cool to have that like balance yeah and I I just I love to practice I love to work have things to work on I like to figure things out I like to you know it's good for my mind particularly my anxiety mind to be busy Yep. You know, working on productive things in the moment. Yeah. Because if I'm sitting around too much, like I can talk myself into anything, you know, and it's normally not great. Not helpful. Yeah. I go to the negative. I tend to go to the negative, which is something else I'm working on because Mel Robbins, she'll be like, you know, we always ask ourselves, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if it does? How many times do we ask ourselves like, holy shit, man, what if this, yeah. what if this works out? You know, and I think it's scary to ask. I mean, I know for me. 
it's scary to ask myself that question because I've been disappointed so many times. It's like, well, I mean, it's probably not. But if you think about it, I mean, if you can imagine the worst case scenario every time, why can't you imagine the best case scenario? Yes. It's scary. It's vulnerable to do that. That's why. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because it's just as valid of a question. And yet it can be even scarier than the alternative. (laughs) Well, because you have to keep your heart open. You have to stay open. (sighs) And even if it doesn't work out, you still have to keep your heart open, you know? That's the challenge. Yes. I've had so many conversations with people, especially people who've had like a lot of trauma. And Mm -hmm. inevitably, there's this sense of like hope being almost like the scariest thing. Yeah. Because like at a certain point, it's like, man, I'm like you said, like, I'm really sick of getting burned. Like, is there a way to protect myself from that? Right. But then that ends up backfiring and then we get stuck. So yeah, it's like, yeah. how am I tapping in to like, being able to feel hopeful? That's why I love Sunday gratitude stories. Every time I see it, I'm oh, like, Garrison, dude. yes. Like, it's always like oh, something thanks. I needed to hear. Yeah, it's always great. Oh, that's so, I'm glad. I mean, I'm humbled by that too. I have a, a lot of people that talk to me about the gratitude stories. And I'm like, oh, that's so great. Well, then I'll keep doing them, you know, because I, I mean. Exactly. It's good accountability for me. I, that's why I started it is because I just felt like, ugh, you know, like. How can I do something on social media that doesn't just benefit me and that might create, you know, like bring people into Ugh. my community and not just like, look at what I did, look at what I said, what do you think yes. about this? I know. This is what I'm promoting. Oh, I'm trying to get more followers. Look know. how great I am. Yeah, I know. Barf. I know. Mm-mm. But like you said, it's just that's mm-hmm. not interesting. That's not exciting. Like I need to be stimulated by this thing. And inspired, you know, like it's got to be bigger. I just think, you know, it's got to be bigger than us. Yes. It's got to be bigger than me, you know, So to, in order yes. for it to to really connect with people. I think it's got to be bigger, something bigger than us, you know. I'm completely with you. And at this point, I would say that like that is I know we probably have to like leave it here, but I would say that as I sit with the like the totality of this conversation, I would say that in terms of like feeling spiritual, feeling connected, like that's what I'm trying to do at this point. I'm trying to find ways to like get out of just me and find some way to connect, like find some way to feel the interconnection with people around me living things around me nature around me like that feels good I'm with you 100% here's to that so yeah here's to that speaking of that I can't wait to come spend time with you and Renee at your beautiful home Uh, beautiful Los Angeles we're so excited I I need it we're so excited Garrison I adore you (laughs) I thank you so much for wanting to do this I loved our conversation like I took so much away from it it's fun to get like quality time with you I did too Dude, it means so much to me that you asked, for real. I look up to you so much and love you and Daniel so much. And I just, I can't wait to spend time with you. And thanks for talking to me and bringing me into your fold on the podcast. I just feel so lucky to have been involved. I love you. Thank you. That seriously means the world. I love you. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you again to my guest, Garrison Starr. It's a rare joy in life to get to befriend a hero. I'm so grateful for you. You can find Garrison's music and tour information, plus all kinds of other goodies on her website, 
www.garrisonstar.com. That's star with two R's, y'all. And follow her on Instagram at Garrison Star. Links will also be in show notes. If you believe in this work and want to support the continuation of our show, please join us on Patreon. There we are building a community where you'll find bonus dream work exercises, guided meditations, fun minisodes, and so much more. You can find that at patreon.com backslash psyche magic. The link is in show notes. Don't forget, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, you'll be automatically entered into a monthly contest to win a free shadow work tarot session with yours truly. Even if all you can muster is a quick rating wherever you get your podcasts, we greatly appreciate it. It truly makes a difference and helps other people find the show. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you, and you could be featured on a future episode. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok, my favorite, at Psyche underscore magic. Also check out my Psyche Magic playlist on Spotify. The link is in show notes. Psyche Magic was produced, written, and recorded by me, Jordan Hale. Editing for this episode is by Masuzu Inaga. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Daniel Higby, Michael McMillan, and Grace Fuse. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time. <laughs>